Coming right up, a special edition of Straight Talk, our 500th show with our special guest, Governor George Dugmajan and L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi as we continue our 21st anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to this special edition of Straight Talk. This is no ordinary Straight Talk show. This is our 500th show. And we're very honored to have two very distinguished guests uh, on this show. Our first is Governor George Dugmajan, the 35th governor of the state of California. Governor, thank you for honoring us with your presence for this show. Thank you for inviting me, Art. Thank you. The governor has been a guest continuously, uh, sporadically over the last 20 years, and we found an early interview. This was show number 11. This one is 500. This was show number 11, early in the career of Straight Talk, and shortly after Governor Duke Majin has completed his second term as governor of the state of California. Let's take a look. Welcome back, and we're coming to you this evening uh, from our studios here in Lakewood, and we're very honored to have as our guest for the entire hour the former governor of the state of California, George Duke Majin. Governor, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you, Art. Nice to be here. Pleasure. Uh, governor Duke Majin, as many of our viewers know, uh, has served uh, uh, has had a distinguished career in public service for 28 years. He served as a state assemblyman representing the Belmont Shore District uh, here in California, and then state senator, then attorney general, and of course governor for two terms. And uh, I understand, Governor, this is your, your first major public interview since leaving office last January. That's right. That's right. Well, we're very honored to, to have you with us on, Thank on you. Straight Talk. Thank you. You've been out of office since January, almost a year. Uh, how does it feel? It feels wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been uh, this relaxed in uh, a long, long time. And uh, while I really and truly appreciated the opportunity that I had to uh, serve the people uh, for 28 years, and especially in the governor's office, and that was indeed a, a great privilege, uh, now that uh, I've done uh, that. Uh, I'm really enjoying getting back to a, a normal lifestyle once again. Well, Governor, there we were 20 years ago. Yeah. Look pretty much the same, I think. I'm just as handsome as I was then. <laughs> <laughs> and other things don't change. Oh. Uh, the teachers wanted more money than you were ever, ever giving them. And uh, the legislature was in somewhat of a gridlock. Uh, some things seem never to change. That's very true. That's very true. I. Uh, Going back to when I first started in the legislature, which was 1963, the education community needed more money then. <laughs> they need more money today, and, and every year it's the same. Yeah. You know, looking back at some of the recent cuts, they would have been very happy with the increases that were provided under your Perhaps leadership. Perhaps so, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right. But uh, uh, 
Reflecting on your 28-year distinguished career, uh, what lessons can we learn about how democracy works or doesn't work? Well, it works best when people are really involved and who are uh, uh, making an effort to select good people to represent them and uh, sort of following what they do. But when uh, members of the electorate, the voters, don't pay much attention to what's going on, then it doesn't work very well. And the fact that over 50% of the people choose not to vote, mm. uh, the right to vote, which people gave their lives to secure, does that bother you at oh, all? Oh, that's very, very troublesome. Very, very troublesome. And, uh, you know, but sometimes I try to rationalize that and I say to myself, well, maybe the people who don't vote are satisfied with what's going on and so then they don't bother to vote. But it, it's not a, uh, a good sign as far as our democratic form of government. Yeah. Well, um, uh, if you add those that don't vote to those that voted for you, the numbers skyrocket. Well, as that, an implicit good. endorsement. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, you know, if... if if we should be invaded by Martians, this feuding between Republicans and Democrats and conservatives it would quickly disappear and we'd unite uh, against a, a common enemy. Rather, I mean, after you, all, we're you, all Americans. Do you know something that I don't no. know? <laughs> but uh, Martians. But, but, but some, uh, you know, uh, I was at a Memorial Day service recently and they gave an award to a 93-year-old World War II veteran who had earned the... Uh, Medal of Honor, and he got up briefly to the microphone. He was helped up, and he said, referring to the Japanese and the Germans, what were they thinking? Mm -hmm. What were they thinking? They were going to beat us? You know, mm -hmm. it was so beautiful. Yeah. And when Americans get together, we're really unstoppable. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, do you, how are we going to get out of the mess that we're in today? We've talked about it uh, on the show many times, the, the fact that government is dysfunctional in Washington and certainly in Sacramento. How do we un unlock this logjam? Well, again, I just think people have to get more involved in the, pro in the process. They have to be more involved in selecting who will represent them. Um, and uh, they have to also recognize that the policymakers have to think of the larger picture and not just only look at, you know, little special interests here and a special interest there and so forth. Uh, and that's not easy. It's not easy to accomplish. But <clears throat> our leaders need to continue to uh, explain this to the voting public. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully uh, we can come through this troublesome time. And hopefully people can learn that you can disagree without being disagreeable, that just because someone has a different view doesn't mean that they're bad people or they're necessarily wrong. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I think uh, among leaders that we need to see is that the leaders have to respect everyone, regardless of their view, whether they agree with them or not, but they have to respect everybody and, and their view. And... Um, uh, Hopefully, again, I say hopefully, I don't know if these things will happen, but uh, uh, we'll have s civility in, in the um, political uh, scene yeah. and, 
and this broader view, I think, is, is very important. Thank you. And Governor, uh, in the next segment, we'll be joined by another uh, outstanding elected official, L.A. County Supervisor Don Canavi. Uh, and as we go to commercial break, which is actually not going to be there, we're going to take a look at four past guests on Straight Talk, all women of some accomplishment. Take a look. Where are we going with, with news on TV? Well, I think news on TV is probably, in some senses, going the same way entertainment is going and the rest, which is our culture has reached a point now where what's tawdry and what's unpleasant seems to be what people want. Like the O.J. Simpson case, which is famous to all of you. People said, oh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But they watched it. I can tell you, you say the word O.J. Simpson on television, your ratings double. As you know, I teach law and ethics, and one of the questions in the general session was about are female-run businesses more ethical than males? And you had a chance to comment on that, but you kind of uh, deferred on that one. But uh, talk about the importance of ethics in business generally. Ethics are certainly important in business. It's what you do when no one is looking. I, I try not to make generalizations based on race, based on gender, or based on sexual orientation, or any other factor over which person has no control. What would you like our audience to know uh, as part of Black History Month about the black experience in America that perhaps white Americans do not fully appreciate? Well, that is very hard. We need to stop stereotyping. You can read Le Leroy Jones and he could be a, a white man. You can meet um, John Smith III, and he could be black. Well, I dare say that 99% of our viewers would not have guessed that you were Jewish before you I just said it. I am very definitely Jewish, yes, I am. And you performed with Nell Carter. I did. God bless. Yeah. And I, like your previous guest, took over for Nell Carter. Um, she did Annie on Broadway. She played Miss Hannigan, the evil Miss Hannigan who runs orphanage. When they decided to take that show out on tour, who took over for Nell Carter but me? Whoa! Because I look so much like her. <laughs> we are back, continuing this wonderful 500th show of Straight Talk, joined now by our good friend, L.A. County Supervisor, Don Canabi. Don, we're very honored to have you on the show. Nice to be here. Happy 500th. Thank you, sir. You were in office as chief of staff uh, for the supervisor when the governor was governor, were you not? That's correct. I was chief of staff to Supervisor Dean Dan at the time when uh, Governor Duke Majin was uh, the great governor, the great 35th governor of our great state. So, it, it would, you know, we worked with him and his staff and uh, um, actually walked precincts for him in the state senate days when I moved wow. to Sarita. Somebody, I think it was Steve Kinney, talked me into walking precincts for this guy with a long last name. <laughs> or my wife says it used to be a spelling word in the Long Beach Unified School. Uh, <laughs> well, let me say, I'm honored to have both of you as our guests, and I've interviewed hundreds of elected officials over the last 21 years, and some, a few really stand out, and you two are, are my idols of what public service is all We're about. the only two who are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, yeah, but it's, it's standout, right? Not stand-up, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the great upcoming additions to the Long Beach skyline will be the George Dumagin Courthouse, and you played a role in that. Well, from the very beginning, uh, we thought it was a fitting tribute. Uh, we actually, I actually sort of got the idea from uh, Judge Lucas, 
Uh, we had talked about it, and so, you know, it was sort of a new thing. There really wasn't a policy in place, and so we had to go through a lot of hoops to do it. But uh, there was a no more fitting tribute to uh, uh, Governor Duke Majin being a hometown guy here in Long Beach mm -hmm. that everybody knew, standout leadership as a governor, uh, to have a new courthouse named after him. And um, it's going to be spectacular. Well, it's opening, I think, scheduled in November sometime, and we'll look for it, and we'll all be there for oh, yeah, that absolutely. special occasion. How does it feel to have a courthouse named after you, sir? Well, it's pretty amazing. I, I never would have dreamt anything like this would happen. Uh, I came to Long Beach in 1958 and opened a law office by myself. I didn't know anybody in the whole city except for my wife. She was from Long Beach. And uh, now, at this stage of my life, to have a brand new, beautiful uh, courthouse uh, built and that will carry my name, uh, it's, it's very humbling, I'll tell you. And, and well-deserved. And well-deserved. Well well. And not only to be admired for your 28 years of distinguished service, but to be virtually loved as a human being and as, as Don is also, and Julie, and you and Gloria, uh, it's so unusual. Well, I think we both benefited by the fact we married two native Long Beachians, uh, <laughs> and Gloria and Julie. But uh, I, So marrying well is the well, uh, key, perhaps. I've said perhaps. this, you know, the governor doesn't like for me to say this, but I've said <laughs> this so many times, is uh, I've always considered him one of my mentors. And uh, if, you know, there's politicians, uh, there's elected officials, and there's political leaders. And if you... Take the definition of political leader, that's George Duke Major. And uh, his style of leadership, his commitment to the people, uh, his willingness to uh, listen to all sides of the story, uh, and his leadership skills in working with people, building bridges, yeah. and making things happen. Not making everybody happy. That's not a strong political leader. It's being able to do the right thing at the right time, and he epitomizes that. Amen to that. Now, let's remember, this is a celebration of the 500th episode <laughs> of Straight Talk. This is not... No, is not, I, no, no, but I just... He would comment and got it. I couldn't thank be happier to have this discussion on this issue on this show. And, uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of elected officials have huge egos, and they get carried away by the fact that they are this or that. And I know both of you quite well, as you know, and neither of you have a drop of that. You, you serve to do a job for the people who, who elected you. And uh, to me, that, that counts so much. Thank you. I think it's very kind of you. The process would be much better off if we could all work together across those lines. It and, would. You know, I've said so many times before, when it goes through the entitlement process, whether it be health care, whatever it may be, nobody asks when you walk through the door, are you Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent? You are who you are, and you're a human being, and, uh, you know, you need to do the right thing. And you made the point that county supervisors don't have the luxury of being ideologues. You, you're where the rubber meets the road. you got to get the job right. done. It's not yeah, a, we don't get the, not a Republican way or a Democratic way We don't do have caucuses. Job. We don't have gubernatorial vetoes or presidential vetoes. At the end of the day, we have to fix the problems, and it's a unique process and much different than the partisan side of it. Yeah. So uh, um, you told me uh, on air that you have one of the best jobs in America as county supervisor. Absolutely. T tell us why. Well, I think the, the biggest reason is the fact that you can make a difference in someone's life. Uh, you only have to count to three, and I'm not making light of that, but the point being is that 
Only I five see. supervisors, yeah. so three votes win. So, right. So, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, you look beyond what the party, we don't get caught up in, you know, a caucus telling you we can't, you can't vote this way because you got to do it this way. Yeah. We're holding hostage. You just do what you do. But at the end of the day, you have to fix the problems and there's nothing better. And making a difference in people's lives and policy that sets the, you know, the threshold pretty high for making a difference. Yeah. It's a wonderful process. Well said. And uh, Governor, uh, thank you very much for joining us on this special edition of our show. In the last segment, we're going to ask Don Kanabi to assume the duties of host okay. and I and interview me. So uh, you won't want to miss that. But thank you for, for coming and being part of this 500 You're show welcome. celebration. Thank you for, 500. Thank, thank you, you for having me. And uh, I think I want to also congratulate you on your first uh, wedding anniversary. It's about uh, close to the first. Thank you. Isn't it? Thank you. Is yes, it today you, or is it it's, soon? It's just uh, a okay. few days from today, okay. but thank you for that. Don't get the first anniversary confused with the 500th show. <laughs> <laughs> okay? No, that's just, a, that's just okay. for, for two guys that have been married for a long time and been blessed with wonderful marriages. You don't want to mess that one up. Good point, and apropos of that, we're stripping away our normal commercial spots and we're going to play some historic classics. Take a look. Hi, last time I looked, I was Sally Struthers. Although somebody came up to me on the street the other day and said, aren't you Charlene Tilton? And I just said, sure. Anyway, you know who you need to know? It's Art Levine. He does the show, Straight Talk, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights at 6.30 on Channel 3. You gotta watch it. It's interesting, it's fun. He was nice enough to have me on even though I'm not interesting or fun. But he's letting me do the promo. Thanks, Art Levine, you're the best. Watch his show, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday night, 6.30. That's my writing. Eighteen eighty-one, Long Beach is established as a town site, and the two-year-old John Bloser Carpet Company makes the trip from Los Angeles to install carpeting. Nineteen twenty-seven, the first talking picture premieres. The red carpet is rolled out by John Bloser Carpet Company. Today, John Bloser Carpet Company still offers the same old-fashioned quality and service that made them famous. For carpeting, tile, draperies, or hardwood floors, John Bloser Carpet Company sells and installs it all. John Bloser Carpet Company, the oldest carpet company in California. I'm Umberto. At Umberto Men's Store, we provide you with personalized service and wardrobe consultations. Umberto will help you choose from the generous selection of imported, high-quality suits, sport coats, and slacks. Their tailors can service you in just a day or two. Umberto carries the finest clothing for men and women, both business and casual wear. Umberto has helped people dress for success for over a quarter of a century. I hope you'll visit us soon. That's Umberto's, 2141 Belfire Boulevard. Welcome back to the 500 Straight Talk Show. I'm Don Canabi sitting in for Art Levine. And uh, it's a thrill to be here, to be able to participate. And by the way, I have a very, very special guest today. He's been on the show 500 times. 500 times this gentleman's been on the show. Please welcome Mr. Art Levine. Art, thanks nice to have you. Thanks, Don. Pleasure to be here with you. You look a tad nervous. You okay? 
I'm not used to sitting in this seat. It's you, a lot easier to ask the questions. You want to touch my microphone? <laughs> it's yours. It's all, all right. Yours. Here we go. So uh, 500 shows. Let me just begin by complimenting and thanking you. Obviously, uh, 500 shows is a long time. 20 plus years of doing this show. So, sort of give us an idea. How did it start? How did you get the idea? Was the idea created by you, someone else? How did the show really get started? Well, before Straight Talk, I was the uh, weekly host of a show on, char on the then cable company, not Charter, called We the People. And uh, each week I did the show, and then we had a falling out after six years and 11 months, and it was over suddenly, abruptly. And I said, well, I, I kind of I want to get back on air. And so three months later, we started Straight Talk. And how'd you come up with the name? Because there are those that say this is Cricket Talk. Straight Talk, Don, as a professor of ethics, it's a natural. Ah, journalism and ethics. Ah, I love it. Okay. All right. So you have any, are you superstitious at all? Any pre-show uh, rituals that you go through? No, other than praying uh, for two hours before <laughs> a guest like you. <laughs> and so have things changed other than your personal life? Well, uh, it evolves. You know, at the beginning, you have to learn how to do it. But after 500 shows and... 20 years, you kind of get the hang of it. And, uh, and people recognize the show more readily and respond to it, so it's very gratifying. Are there like uh, Art Levine groupies out there? Well, that would be really pushing it. But we get a lot of, we get some nice compliments from people I know and from total strangers who just say, hey, we watch the show, we really enjoy it. And that's, that's meaningful to me is that I know it must be to you as an elected well, official. Absolutely. I mean, the fact is that you've done a great job bringing issues before the people here and, uh, you know, different ideas, different thought processes. But, uh, you know, the, the rumor out there on the street right now, this is a big rumor, <laughs> that the Cook brothers are going to buy the rights to straight talk. Oh, would, that it would be. Would you, st would you stay on if the Cook brothers buy this, or are you part of that protest against the Cook brothers? Well, I don't know. I'd have to take that under consideration. I don't want to give up the seat, even for the Cook brothers, but, you know, they say the price is right. You know, you listen, but uh, I don't know, Don. I, I like what I'm doing. Well, listen, for 20-plus years, 500 shows, any thoughts about how Long Beach has changed from when you started to where we are today? I love Long Beach, and it has evolved so tremendously, as everyone who, who lives here can see. But, but the heart and soul of Long Beach hasn't changed. And when I, think, and I think the governor would agree with this, having been here much longer even than I. It's the biggest little city in America. It has that small town quality, and yet it's a major port, major city. People care about the city. Volunteer groups proliferate. And you got to love this city. Well, you know, there was a concern about the direction the show was taken a while back. And, and I, I just happened to bring a photo along <laughs> that the show was really going to go to the animals or the birds. <laughs> and then you really, one of your hidden dreams was to become a pirate. And so I, I just want to oh, share God. this picture of Art and one of his feathered friends. <laughs> and this was a concern for a long time that... You know, ahoy, mate. Uh, he had pirate parties. Here he is with the auditor and his pirate. I mean, you know, you've never dressed like this in 500 shows. The, the fans were really worried about that. So, Boy, your staff is right on the money. Yeah. That's sort of scary to me, too. Yeah. That team doesn't even exist anymore. I know. They've gone, they've they're gone the way of yeah, the five teams that preceded them. What was your most difficult interview? I mean, Yours. 
Mine? No, yeah, mine. this right now, actually. Oh, me asking no. you a question. But no. as the questioner, what was your most difficult? I think uh, a former police chief uh, has the record for the longest answer to a question. Our segments are seven minutes. Uh, chief Batts was five minutes and 30 seconds into. So the next time he came on, I told him he won the record. For, next time he came on, I asked him if he said no. That was it. So he was having some fun with me. Well, that's good. But that wasn't tough. No, that was no, fun. That was Do you fun. have any tough ones? Uh, the, the toughest ones are trying to be fair in debates where candidates are running for you. You were on with your five opponents before right. you were mm -hmm. elected. And it, you try so hard to be fair to everybody. And, and, and uh, you don't always get it quite right. Well, I thought you were very fair to me. I mean, I was in a very unique position. And uh, uh, it, was a, it was a tough process to you know, have everybody try to cut in and cut out. I think your, your biggest problem was trying to keep control of all of us. Yeah. Because yeah. once you get on that table, but... But I, I, Art, seriously, I just think that uh, from myself, I know Governor Duke Mason feels the same way and others have been on your show, not only the honor of being on your show and the ability to talk about issues that sometimes aren't comfortable to talk about but needed to be talked about, uh, whether it be the city of Long Beach, the county of Los Angeles, state of California, or our nation, uh, you've done a great job in uh, exposing your viewers uh, to that difference and that different viewpoints. And I think we all just want to say happy 500 to you. And uh, thank you very much for your many, many years on TV. Wish you many, many more. Uh, we hope you get the 501. <laughs> uh, but uh, from me to you, anything you'd like to say in closing to your fans out there? Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for those kind words, Don. And, and uh, thank you and the governor for participating in this. I, I think one change over the years is I've increasingly tried to to move ethics into the show, the importance of values. I really believe that the country is at risk because of bad values or lack of values. And to the extent that we can uh, use the show to, to further uh, the importance of ethics and values, uh, I, I, I feel a real uh, strength from that. Well, and to follow your leadership as the host of this show, it's time to go to break. The pirate hook is up. <laughs> Thank you. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on. We're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life, powered by Edison. In today's world, everything's connected. From the workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch. It makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Hello, I'm Jessica Hardy, a proud Long Beach native and a member of the USA Swimming national team. Having spent much of my life in water, I've developed a deep appreciation for the valuable role that this precious resource plays in our lives. In recent years, California's water supply has become unreliable. To address this reality, 
Long Beach residents have dramatically reduced their water use through permanent lifestyle changes. In doing so, Long Beach has made itself a leader in water conservation. As I work hard to achieve my personal goal of qualifying for the 2012 Summer Olympics, I encourage you to continue your tremendous efforts to use water in smart and responsible ways. So join me and your fellow Long Beach residents in strengthening the water conservation movement. By making small but significant changes in our water use habits, together we can ensure that we have a reliable water supply for many generations to come. All right, welcome back. This is that point where you usually see Mr. Art Levine. You've seen him 500 times giving his closing commentary. That's my job today. And my commentary is going to be very simple. I think this is a day of celebration. You don't need to hear any political rhetoric or any thoughts from Don Canabi. We need to say thank you to Art Levine. And I have here that I'd like to present him a County of Los Angeles scroll commendation celebrating and recognizing 500 shows for Chartered Cable and just to thank him for your many years on the air. Wish you and Diane the very, very best. As the governor said, happy anniversary. We love you. We think the world of you. You know, and if you want to change the name of the show sometime, just let us know. We'll give you some ideas. <laughs> but here we go, sir. I'm going to hold that up between us. So in closing, uh, we thank you all for watching Art's 500th show. Governor and I were proud to be a part of it. Very special day, very special program. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.